Amen. 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 You, you may be seated. The youth group, you're dismissed. If you want to head upstairs, uh, leave this place. Once again, I want to mention now that we're live on, on Facebook. I want to mention to you, I want to mention to our community that starting uh, one month from now uh, on April the 4th on Resurrection Sunday, on Easter Sunday, we will be going, the Bridge Church will be going to two services, 9 and 11. So I'll be praying about that and uh, uh, what that looks like for you and your family. Excited that we've uh, gotten to that place. I do know that my age is going to come out. Uh, other churches we were at, I used to do multiple services and do those different things, but this is probably, I've been dragging my feet on this because I know how tiring it's going to be, right? But praise the Lord, uh, we've come to that place where we feel the leadership of the church feels like we need to uh, start doing that. So I'm excited to see what the Lord's going to do through those two services. With that being said, this morning we're going to continue with our series, Walking uh, with the Holy Spirit. Walking with the Holy Spirit, life is a journey, do it with Him. I think a lot of times as believers, uh, we, as I've been saying, we, we like to maybe leave out the Holy Spirit because of uh, a lot of different reasons that, that we've been talking about. And life is a journey. Once you become a born-again believer, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, He promised, He gives this gift of the Holy Spirit to make life better, to make this journey better. And that's what we've been looking at. Uh, this morning we're going to be reading from Acts chapter 1 uh, in just a few minutes. We started this series a few weeks ago. We started with an, uh, with an introduction and saw that the Holy Spirit is mentioned throughout the Bible as seen uh, in the beginning, the creation of the world. He was present there and, and he's mentioned throughout the Bible. We saw that as we looked at the introduction. We then saw in week number two that the Holy Spirit was promised in the Old Testament by the prophets and by Jesus in the New Testament. And we saw that God keeps his promises, right? We then saw last week, uh, we then saw, we, we looked at, uh, last week at the person, the personality of the Holy Spirit. And I challenged, I challenged each of you to seek an answer for this question as you spent time with Jesus uh, last week. The, the challenge was, are you resisting the Holy Spirit? Are you resisting the Holy Spirit? I, I, I challenge you as we left to go home and as we looked at the personality and who he is and how he, you know, has a mind and all those different things we looked at, I challenge you in the end, are you resisting the Holy Spirit in your life? And then I asked you, if you feel like you were, uh, why? Why, why might you be resisting? Was it fear, misunderstanding, um, different beliefs, all those different things? And I challenge you to spend time with the Lord and, and ask those, those questions. And my hope and prayer for all of us as we go through this, this series is that we, including me, that we would grow spiritually and have a, a better understanding of the person of the Holy Spirit. This series is designed to encourage, equip, and empower you to be all God has called you to be it's such a time as this. You were created to live in such a time as this. And God wants to empower you to do things for him, for his kingdom in such a time as this. 
You can find all these uh, messages on our Facebook page if you'd like to view them if you weren't able to be here. So this morning, we're going to examine a few words spoken by Jesus in Acts chapter 1. We're going to look at this first before we, we pray this morning. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 and 5, it says, In my former book, Theophilus, this, this book, Luke is writing this book, and he's writing it to this, to this person named Theophilus, which by, the, which by the way, this word Theophilus means lover of God. Any of you a lover of God? Amen. This book is for you. That's what this word means. In my former book, Theophilus, lover of God, I, Luke, wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Here, here are the words of Jesus. He gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will, everybody say you will, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This morning we're going to examine those words. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Everybody look at your neighbor and say it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay and I'm probably going to say a few things that some of you are not going to agree with today. Everybody say you still love me. That didn't sound very convincing. I understand this, this subject, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about it, has a lot of different teachings, a lot of different beliefs. I, I get it. You may, or may, you may or may not agree with me. That's okay. Maybe when we get to heaven, the Lord will say we all had it wrong. Who knows? Do you love Jesus? Do you want to live for Jesus? Do you want to share... Uh, your faith to others, so they may come to know the Jesus. Amen. Know Jesus, right? Okay, so we're going to look at this. Father, I, I just dedicate this time to you. I pray, God, this message that is uh, put on my heart as we look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what Jesus said in his very words, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. God, that we wouldn't run from it, be fearful of it, Lord, but we would be challenged because, Lord, we are children of the living God, co-heirs of the kingdom. And God, each one of us should desire to have everything that you offer each and every believer. So we dedicate this time to you, open our hearts, our minds to receive what you would have for each one of us in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to be looking at a lot of scripture today. Uh, some of them, most of them aren't on the uh, overhead. I'm just letting you know that if you, if you want to write them down, you can. I'm just preparing you for that in case that's uh, something you might want to do. So what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? What is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Have any of you ever asked that question or thought in your mind, what is 
The baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe to answer this question, the first thing we need to do is understand this word baptism. You've heard me explain it before, some of you. This, this and many of you already know because it's pretty common, but this is a, a Greek word that means immerse. That's what it means. To immerse. Okay? To immerse. Every time you, you see or read this word in your Bibles, I want you to picture this mathematical equation that they already put up there for you. That's about the extent of my math. I thought about this week putting baptism over immersed equals something, but that's about as far as I go. Now, some of you mathematical geniuses could probably come up with a really cool equation. But when you, when you hear baptism, just think baptism equals immersed. Okay, that's, that's, what it, that's what it means. To immerse means, I think all of us understand this word, it means all in. Not part way or halfway, but the whole way. Now I want you to picture this other uh, uh, picture I have for you. Go ahead and hit it. Baptism equals immerse equals all in. Pretty complicated, isn't it? Not really. But that's what baptism, baptism, that's what it means. It, it's, it doesn't mean anything other than that, to be immersed. When someone gets baptized in water, by the way, that's happening on Resurrection Sunday, April the 4th, at the 11 o'clock service, we'll be having water baptisms. If God's been tugging at your heart to do that, uh, you'll be hearing more about that. But we're going to be doing that on, uh, on that day. But when someone gets baptized in water, they are making a public confession of their faith in Jesus. They are a sinner in need of a Savior and immersing their life all in, putting it all in their whole life, not just go, you know, coming over to the tank and putting your toe in the little water. Okay, I'm part way in, Jesus. I'm going to be baptizing you, but I'm just part way in because I'm going to continue to live my lifestyle over here, but, but my big toe's in. My big toe will, will do what you say to do. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But that's what some people do. But when people get baptized in water, they're making a, a public confession of their faith that they are all in. They're saying, I am all in as a born-again believer. I identify with the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and I am now a new person in him. All in. That's why you get immersed in water. That's why you do it. Now when Jesus said, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, he was saying the same thing. You will be immersed with the Holy Spirit. You are all in. How many of that scares you? You are all in. Yeah, it, it can be. It can be, right? The Holy Spirit, all in. You're immersed, all in. Now partway, it's not partway or halfway, but you are all the way in. The Holy Spirit is in. You're immersed with the Holy Spirit. So if baptism of the Holy Spirit is being immersed with the Spirit, the next question would be is when does this happen? When does this happen? And this is where I, I believe a lot of confusion comes with the Holy Spirit. 
When does it happen? I think we can all understand that to be baptized with the Holy Spirit means you're all in. That he's, he's in you, you're all in. I, I think we can, we can grasp that. But here's where I think it gets a little complicated for a lot of people. When does this happen? Now there's a few different ideas or views of when this takes place. And wouldn't you know we're going to discuss those a little bit today. And this is where some of you may agree or disagree with me. Now some people believe that it was an event. It was an event. They, it, it only happened a few times in the scripture. And it's an event that's not really for today. It happened then. We're going to talk about a few of those places in the Bible. So it's an event. So some believe it was a one, a one day, it happened one time on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 for the purpose of equipping the apostles and other disciples that were present for the power they would need to start the church. Now you would need power to start the church from the ground up, right? Amen? Well, look what happened to Peter. Before that day happened, he wasn't very courageous. He denied the Lord three times. And then after the day of Pentecost, the Spirit fell on him and he boldly stands up in courage. And the Bible says 3,000 came to know the Lord that day because of the Spirit in him. So some believe that, but they believe now that the church is up and running. There's no need for the baptism of the Spirit. It's not necessary anymore. Another belief for, for this one-time event was at the conversion of Cornelius and his household. They say that this took place, report, we're going to read it in a minute, this took, took place because it's, it records the first Gentiles, the non-Jewish peoples, who became believers. So it's important that we see the Holy Spirit come on them so everybody understands, including the Jews, and later on that it wasn't just for the Jews. So that's another one-time event that had to take place. Acts chapter 10, I'm going to read it to you, verse 44 through 48. While Peter was still speaking these words, he was sharing, he came to Cornelius' house, he came and he was, he was sharing about the Lord. While he's still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter, the other Jews were with Peter, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. So they see evidence, they see something taking place. It's not the only evidence, we'll get to that in a minute, but they see this. Then Peter said, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Now I want to stop there before I finish this. Just as we have. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Who gives the Holy Spirit? God. God. So just as we have. And what does the Bible say that God only knows? He, God, is the only one that knows anybody's heart. So God knows at any time when somebody's heart is really at a place where they are really receiving the Lord Jesus Christ, the work of grace, the work of the cross. So only he knows when that takes place. Amen. It's a heart thing. 
Receiving the Holy Spirit's a heart thing. It's not a doctrinal thing. We have to get that out of our mind. It's not A and B equals the Holy Spirit, that it has to be this way or that way. And we're going to see a few different ways that it took, takes place in the Scripture. And we tend to say, well, if it happened that way this time, then we have to do it this way this time, so it'll happen that way again. But there's several places in Scripture where it happens in different ways. He's a great big God and he knows what he's doing, amen? So what they have, so in their hearts, this happens. And Peter goes on to say in verse 48, So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. So this baptism of the Holy Spirit was an event, some believe, to show that non-Jews could receive salvation, not, and it's not needed anymore uh, because of this purpose. So they weren't even baptized in water yet, and they received the Holy Spirit. Well, that's not what the Bridge Church believes. It's kind of out of the doctrine. I mean... God, you got ahead of yourself. <laughs> but see, some believe this is another place for a one-time event to show people that Gentiles can receive salvation, receive the Holy Spirit. Another rare occasion for this one-time event was at the conversion of Paul during his Damascus Road conversion. They believe it, you know, took place. If anyone would need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it would be Paul, right? His ministry to the Gentile nations. So there's another one to, okay, uh, we'll allow the Holy Spirit, the baptism to take place there because Paul's going to need it. But again, it's just an event. It doesn't mean that it happens today. And another rare occasion of this one-time event, some would believe, would include that believers uh, in Samaria and Ephesus in Acts chapter 8 and 9, when the apostles laid their hands on them to receive the Holy Spirit. This was a one-time event to grow the church in these regions. So the question arises here is to why did they, um, the question arises here to why did they not receive the Holy Spirit when they believed? Listen to the scripture, Acts chapter 8, verses 14 and 17. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of of the Lord Jesus. When Peter and John placed their hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. They had not, uh, I believe it's because they had not been taught or understood who the Holy Spirit was. Once this took place, they were able to receive by faith all that God had for them. They were baptized in the name of Jesus. What did Jesus say to do as we go out into all nations in Matthew 28? He said to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you can argue a lot of different things in this case right here. So again, it's a one-time event that took place to grow the regions and it only happened because the apostles laid hands on them to receive. Once again, some people believe these are just one-time events and that is it. 
there is, there is no need for this baptism of the Holy Spirit to take place. We live in modern times. We have the internet. We have smartphones. I don't need baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't need to ask the Holy Spirit to guide or counsel. I can go to my smartphone and get all the answers I need right there. I mean, you can believe everything on the internet. And you guys aren't laughing. That's scary. I hope you don't believe everything on the internet. So those are some of the one-time events. And you can debate and talk about them. Well, you can't receive unless somebody lays hands on you. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But there's different things that take place. And again, you can't have a pattern of how the Holy Spirit falls in different ways, right? But let's look at some other, some other views. Another view is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit takes place only during water baptism. This view comes from uh, John chapter 3. A lot of people will take it out of this. When Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, when Nicodemus asks him, what do I do to get saved? Jesus responds. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And Nicodemus, how can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. So their view is that Jesus is saying that when a person is being baptized in water, that is when the baptism of the Holy Spirit takes place. Remember the story of Cornelius that we just read with Peter. Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus. So they hadn't been baptized in water yet, and they've received the Spirit. It's because their heart was right. They had ultimately received Christ, so they received the Spirit, and now they're making a public confession of their faith to be baptized in water. Another view concerning when the baptism of the Holy Spirit takes place is after a person becomes a believer and is baptized in water, as we, as we saw in Acts chapter 8. They believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit must be sought after to receive. Yes, you can ask for the Holy Spirit. We see that in Luke chapter eleven three. But you have to seek after this, this baptism of the Holy Spirit diligently. You have to do or say, come to the altar, have certain people lay hands on you, and you have to receive, uh, that's how you receive this, this immersion uh, of the Holy Spirit. They believe the evidence that you are baptized with the Holy Spirit is the ability to speak in tongues. It's kind of like a, a badge of honor Right? I speak in tongues, so I'm baptized. Oh, you don't speak in tongues? Sorry, you don't have the Holy Spirit. I've seen this abused throughout my years uh, of being a born-again disciple of, of Jesus. I've seen people sincerely serve the Lord with all their heart. Love God with all their heart, mind, and soul. Love people. Serve in the church with all kinds of gifts, which we'll get to in a minute. 
But because they can't speak in tongues, they're less of a believer. I have seen this play out in churches. I have never read anywhere in my Bible where Jesus says that. If you don't speak in tongues, you're a second-class believer. Have you ever seen that? This one really upsets me. It should upset all of us. I don't believe everybody's going to speak in tongues. And we're going to dive deeper into the gifts of the Spirit uh, later on in this series. But some would believe and some would teach this. Some go as far to say that unless you speak in tongues, you are not even saved. I kind of like think they're kind of judging people's hearts a little bit, I think. Listen to what Romans 10, verse 9 and 10 says about uh, being, becoming a believer. And this, if speaking in tongues, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. Listen to what the Bible says. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, it doesn't say if you speak in tongues that Jesus is Lord, does it? If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Can any of you say that right now today? Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be kind of saved until you speak in tongues. You will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Speaking in tongues has nothing to do with salvation. Can I get an amen? Amen. If anybody tries to tell you any different, go to Romans chapter 8 and read that to them. You still love me? How many of you didn't love me? The next view is that the baptism, this immersion of the Holy Spirit, happens the moment someone surrenders their life to Jesus, becomes a born-again disciple. Oh, this one sounds a little interesting. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of, of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed in your heart, you were marked in him with the seal, comma, the promised Holy Spirit. Having believed, you were marked in him with the seal. You were immersed in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So does the seal mean you are filled? Does the seal mean you are filled? So when does the baptism of the Holy Spirit happen? Again, only God knows the heart of people. When our hearts truly, uh, when our hearts are truly ready to receive the grace given by Jesus, then I believe it happens. When somebody truly confesses Jesus as Lord and believe in their heart that they are a sinner in need of a Savior and Jesus went to the cross for them and rose from the grave, then I believe they were marked with a seal because they belong to God and the Holy Spirit is in you. Not part way, not a little, but immersed in you. 
The fact is this baptism is the pouring out of the promised spirit on all flesh that began on the day of Pentecost to be received by all who will put their faith in Jesus. Now how do I know this? I want you to look at the words of Jesus in John chapter 14. I have this scripture for you. If you love me, this is Jesus speaking. If you love me, you will what does that word say? I didn't hear very many people say that. If you love me, you will. Do you guys like that word? So if I love Jesus, I'm going to do something. Oh, I'm going to obey what he teaches. I could preach a sermon right there. If you love me, you will obey what I command. Because I hate you and I don't want you to have any fun in life. So here's the downer rules. Go and mope around until I come back. <laughs> no, if you love me, you will obey my commands because I love you and I know what's best for you. And all the things the world has to offer are going to hurt you. They're going to destroy your marriage. They're going to destroy your families. They're going to destroy your kids. But go ahead. I want you to obey what I have best for you because I want you to have the abundant life that I promise you. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. And look at this. These last words in this sentence. But you know him, comma, for he lives with you and will be in you. Kind of, sort of. No, it doesn't say that, does it? Not partially, not a little bit. But he will be with you and will be in you. Immersed. Now this is where I believe the road has taken us now that we've seen different beliefs and views on what some think the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. If you truly have believed in your heart that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and was raised from the dead and confessed with your mouth that he is the Lord of your life, the question is not, hear me, the question, if you've done those things, you've done those things and you truly believe that Jesus is the Savior of your life, right, and you're doing your best to obey his commands and live for him, the question is not, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? We need to stop asking that question. I believe the real question for each of us is this. Are you ready? Do you let the baptism out? Do you let the Holy Spirit that's immersed in you, do you let the baptism out? Allow me to explain with this can of shaving cream. How many of you saw this sitting over here today wondering what in the world is that all about? Let's say that this can of shaving cream represents you. This is, this is you. You don't have much of a figure, but it's you.
Everybody with me? You are a born-again disciple. Okay? You're, you're a born-again disciple. There's no doubt in your mind. You've confessed with your mouth. You've uh, asked Jesus in your life. You, you know what he did on the cross. You, you fully understand why we just took communion earlier. You, you remember what he did for you. There's no doubt in your mind you, that you are a born-again disciple. And you are marked with the seal. You, you belong to him. You are a co-heir of the kingdom. Let, let's do this. Let's take a little, let's take a little, whoa. Let's take a little holy... Let's take a little Holy Spirit out there and put on top of you because you are marked. That's shaving cream all over my notes. <laughs> I got the Holy Spirit all over my notes. You're, you are... You are reading your Bible every day. You're, you're doing your best to read your Bible. It's, it's, not, it's not this religiosity. They have to read your Bible every day. You read a few words. You meditate. You pray on it. You're, you're spending time in prayer. You're, you're going to Bible studies. You're, you're doing the best you can. You're, you're, uh, you're doing your best to, to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And to love your neighbor as yourself. You're on that journey with us. Okay, you're, you're there. You're marked with the seal. Everybody with me, this is you. Yeah, a little Holy Spirit on you. With no figure. But you're walking this journey, right? You're walking this journey and you feel like, you know, there, there might be more. But for whatever reason, you have decided to leave the, the whole Holy Spirit thing alone in fear of what might happen or what people might think because you, you've been on YouTube and you've typed in Holy Spirit and you've seen some things and you're like, ooh, I don't want any of that. And neither do I. Okay, so there's some fear. There's some, some apprehension uh, of maybe the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, plus, you know, the whole thing about a ghost, the Holy Ghost and the Spirit, kind of a little intimidating in and of itself, right? So you, you, you walk around with your, your seal, right? But not living in the full power you have been given. You're not going to let the full potential of the baptism of the Holy Spirit out because of fear, misunderstanding, etc., right? So, so you're like, you got a Jesus sticker on your car, you're driving around, you know, got a fish car, I'm a believer, I go to church every Sunday. Yes, you're growing, all those things are wonderful, but you're not living in the full power of where you can be living for whatever reason that may be for each of us. You have to understand, if you choose to do that, you miss out on the spiritual gifts he has given, given us, right? We're going to be speaking about those in a few weeks. Spiritual gifts. Real quickly, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Oh, for the common good. What's the common good? To glorify God, edify others. Here's some of the gifts. They're given through the Spirit. The gift uh, of wisdom, knowledge. To another is, uh, is faith, a greater faith. 
by the same Spirit. Another gifts of healing. Could you imagine if everybody was walking in their full power, that some of the gifts that people have that they haven't explored, they have gifts of healing. They could lay hands on people by faith and people could be healed. It's a gift given by the Holy Spirit. We're going to dive deep into these, I believe, next week. Haven't decided where I'm going yet. Healing to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing, distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues. So, so there, it's a gift. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. All those are the work of one and the same Spirit. There's even more gifts in Romans chapter 12. There's different gifts that we can look at. We're going to dive deep into the, these as well. Prophecy, uh, a, a faith, serving, teaching, encouragement. Don't you love to be around people that have the gift of encouragement? Right? Not Eeyore, the donkey from Winnie the Pooh, but they have the gift of encouragement. Right? I mean, you're just like pumped up around these people. Let's do it. Some think I may have that gift. <laughs> Encouragement. Contributing to the needs of others. They like to give. They like uh, another is to give generously. Some have leadership. And some have the gift of mercy. Those are all gifts. And we're going to dive deep into what each one of those look like and how they play out in our day and our age. You see, if you, don't, if, if, you don't, if you don't do more with the Holy Spirit, if you don't want more of his power in your life and you leave, leave it alone because of whatever reason, you miss out on the gift that he has for you. You will also be unable to, you will also be unable to let go and live by the Spirit with all the fruit that comes with him. There's fruit of the Spirit. If the Spirit is in you and it's out of you and you're living in that, you'll have the fruit of the Spirit, which is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and everybody's favorite, self-control. We're going to be talking in depth about those in the weeks to come. And here's another one. You will be unable to truly be led by the Spirit as well. You won't be in tune with that still small voice. You won't be in tune to all the things because, because you're, you're timid or fearful, whatever that looks like. So I'm going to ask you once again, do you let the baptism out? See, if you let the baptism out, this is what your life will look like. This is what your life will look like if you let the baptism out. Oh wait, there's more. If you're immersed with the Holy Spirit and you let it out, then it's no longer in you. You are in it. Yeah. <laughs> now you... Now you are living in the full power God desires you to live in. Right. How many of you want to live a life like that? 
Seriously. Can I use your shirt, Daniel? Can I get a couple more of those? Did I make my point? I'm going to finish with this. Peter said this on the day of Pentecost to all the onlookers. The day the Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, all the onlookers, like I alluded to before, before this happened, before they were immersed, they were believers in Jesus, but Jesus had not sent the Spirit yet. Okay, he said, I have to leave so the Spirit will come. It was prophesied as we looked at it, Joel, that the Spirit would be poured out. So now as Jesus left, they promised, we've been talking about these things, now the Spirit has fallen. And now they're immersed. They were believers, but now they have the Holy Spirit, just like we do. So before he was, he was a little bit scared, a little bit of a coward. He, went, he denied the Lord, as I mentioned. But this is what he does when he speaks to the onlookers on the day of Pentecost. After they were filled with power, they had this courage. Acts chapter 2, he steps out before all these believers from all different regions in the area that had come for the, Pass, uh, come for the Passover. They were there, they were pilgrims doing their duty to come to Jerusalem. So they were from all over. And he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. I want to close. I ask the worship team to come back and sing this song in closing. Your love, O oh Lord. I want to come back and close in prayer, but I want to I want to sing this song because I want each one of us to realize He gives His Spirit, He gives His Son, He gives His Spirit, He gives all those things because He loves us. Your love, O oh Lord. And today, I want to challenge you again. Would you please stand with me? I want you to challenge you again. If you are a born-again disciple of Jesus, if for whatever reason you've been kind of sidestepping the Holy Spirit, today is your day that I would pray that you would allow the Holy Spirit, this baptism of who He is, to come out. And you would live in that full power. And if you're here today and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, I invite you to do that as well going to ask for you to come down at the end of the service so I can pray with you. We have a Bible for you and some other things. But during this song, if you just need to lay it all before the Lord and say, Lord, I want everything you have. And for whatever reason, I've been pushing it down. Lord, I, I, I want it. I want it out. You can come down here. You can stay wherever you're at. I, I don't want this to be some thing that you think we're trying to manifest anything. We just want God to be God. But you're welcome to come and kneel. Just come and stand. Come and sing of his great love. 
Then I'm going to come and close in prayer. Pastor Dave.